And Nancy goes, what was I saying when you took my picture? And I was like, I don't know. If Jonathan took my picture without my consent, I would probably be saying, please don't take my picture. Yeah. Hmm, I, was I don't say, know. What does it say? It says, I did not consent to this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hunterscript on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is, what is a word that tripped you up in a spelling test or a spelling bee? Mm-hmm. Because Hopper says that his daughter won the spelling bee. Yeah. So I've never been in a spelling bee. And for when I did spelling tests in elementary school, they would give you the words ahead of time for you to study. Yeah. So I always studied. So I, I always got 100% on spelling tests. Oh, okay. Okay. But one uh, word that I remember, I, I don't know why it's just always stuck in my head about doing a spelling test and being really proud of knowing how to spell it, uh-huh. was always um, instantaneous. That's a, good, that's a satisfying word. Yeah. So I was always really proud of being able to spell that one. Although when I do look back in my time hop, the girl does really need to learn how to spell definitely. <laughs> Defiantly? Defiantly. Yep. So many people do that. And I'm like, I'm like, I get it. Typos happen. But how do you type a whole other word? Yeah. Like I, I, I get it because then um, they'll be like, oh, did you mean this word? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I you. did. But then it's just, it's just not the right word. Yeah. Um, she learned pretty quickly though, but um, it's kind of uh, life ruining. Mm. Just going back and seeing that. Yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's okay. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, the word that I tripped up, so, like, I was also really good at spelling bees, mm-hmm. but this haunts me. I was in, I want to say I was in maybe sixth grade, mm-hmm. and we did a spelling bee, and I got every friggin' word right except for kernel, because I, like, I had studied it. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was colonel. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I sounded out in my brain. Mm-hmm. And it came out kernel, like a popcorn kernel, and that haunts me i i know the exact position i was sitting in when the shame washed over <laughs> me and i realized that i had been tricked by my own i'm so sorry yeah no it, it haunts me thank you mm-hmm. <clears throat> today we have word to say about episode 104 of stranger things the body the what sorry the body the buddy the body Oh, the body. The body. Okay. Um, I didn't know that Millie Bobby Brown was here with us on the podcast <laughs> today. It's the body. The body. Body, yaddy, yaddy. We are very annoying people. Body. I'm so glad we have multiple podcasts where people can hate us on for different reasons. Yeah, we don't get a lot of hate, though, even though I expect to sometimes because we're so terrible. I know you said that sarcastically, but I actually expect it. <laughs> <laughs> I expect to be like, oh, yeah, I really like that Robin chick, but Brittany is so annoying. And I'm like, yeah, I know. No one ever does that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's a subtweet. Maybe I've say. looked for the subtweets. You have? Oh, yeah. Because I have, I have to know. I'm like, I know a lot of people don't like me. So it's like. Have you looked up aficionados with the eye censored? Please, please. Of course I have. <laughs> okay. Also, this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one and two of Stranger Things. So if you haven't seen those, probably not a great call to listen to this yeah. uh, before then. So just um, go watch those and then come back. Because worst case scenario, you get terribly spoiled. And best case scenario, you're just kind of confused. So Mm. just don't Mm. do it. No. Probably just smart to watch the whole thing. Um, It will not contain spoilers for season three because we have not seen it. But we will soon-ish. So if you're uh, 
yeah, if you're listening to this past season three, you're like, hey, but what about... Sorry. So sorry. Can't tell you. Time tell travel. You. How does it work? Look forward to it, though. The title. Um, The Body. It speaks for itself. There's not a lot to. There's not a lot to talk. There's about. not a lot of body to it. One might say. A way to go. Thank you. All right. So, um, I was thinking we would do the teens. We usually do teens, adults, kids. But I was thinking that this episode we would do teens, kids, adults. Whoa! Really shaking it up here because there's more things that happen in the adult storyline. The TKA. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Ka. It's usually tack. Yeah, usually it's tack, but today it's tack. I'm tired of you. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. So here is my summary of the teen storyline, okay? Now that Nancy has told the police about Barb, Steve is worried about getting in trouble for his underage drinking. He tells her to leave that part out. She's disgusted because he should be worried about Barb instead. The police tell Nancy that they didn't find any evidence and also that Barb's car is gone, so she probably just ran away. Nancy fights with Karen about sleeping with Steve and she feels like no one is listening to her. She puts together Jonathan's creeper picture and finds him at the funeral parlor. They put together the thing about the monster and redevelop the photo, seeing the Demogorgon. It might just be Groot. It it might be. It looks a lot like Groot. I mean, what was Vin Diesel doing in, what, 1983? Mm. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I am Groot. I am Groot. (laughs) Hey, hey. Hey. I am Groot and I smell like beef. Same energy. I was thinking the same thing. (gasps) Really? I am Groot. I like beef. I, that's, that's, not, that's, that's, not not that's not it <laughs> i have to go i can't be here with you you live with me i know that's why it's so difficult <laughs> i i i like be- <laughs> i can't even put this as the joke at the beginning because we literally just started it also it doesn't make sense how we got to for, to groot I'm crying. I can't even because, like, if I put at the beginning, <laughs> Groot and I smell. <laughs> sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stomach hurts from laughing. Um, I want to talk about Steve later. So. First of all, I think the principal is rude, or the teacher or whatever, who's just like literally just walks in and goes, Nancy, we want to talk to you. I'm like, well, it's called knocking. <laughs> in every I- classroom I've ever been in that somebody needs to go to the principal's office or whatever, they go, they do the do the Jamalini. Knock, knock. Hello. I, I say, say knock, knock, knock out loud. <laughs> knock, knock. Hello. Um, what is it? Knock, knock. What does it say? Karen, what do you I say? I say knock, knock. I, I go knock, knock. I say knock, knock out loud. I know, but I feel like he says something else. No, maybe not. Okay, anyway, doesn't matter. Hi, knock, knock. Sorry. That's how I walk into rooms. I am 35 years old. I am six feet tall. I lower myself. I go, hi, knock, knock. I say knock, knock out loud. But in every classroom I've ever been in, it's been like, knock, knock. Hello. So sorry for interrupting, Mr. Blank. Um, just wondering if we could potentially borrow Nancy Wheeler because uh, someone needs to talk to her. No, no problem. Um, go ahead, Nancy. Okay, so two arguments here. One, they're in America. Mm. No, like, no tea, no shit. Two, I had it too. Two was that usually, like, when that happened to me, it was over the intercom. Right. Yeah. Um, and can you tell us? Oh, sorry. Go ahead and do your three before you forget. Three was, it's the police. I mm. feel like if the police are there, all protocol goes out the window. Well, then I expect her to go running into the into the room and like- Nancy Wheeler! And like run straight full into the wall because her shoes are slippery. And they go, Nancy! 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 We need you! 
Okay, please can I insert? I have to insert a clip, okay? So, uh, let me give you, um, I'm, like, really surprised that on this podcast I have not made that joke yet. Like, I'm, I'm really actually shocked proud of myself. Yeah. So, basically, there's this YouTube people named Superfruit. Um, it's literally just Scott and Mitch from Pentatonix. And they did this Stranger Things parody where they did, like, they parodied all of Stranger Things season one in, like, four minutes or whatever. And their friend Mario plays Barb and just wears a stupid, like, Ronald McDonald-ass wig. <laughs> and every time she's like, Barb, just go home. Like, at the end of the, what, the second episode or yeah. something? She's like, Barb, just leave. <laughs> and he just goes, Nuncia! Don't, don't do this, Nuncia! So, I <laughs> go like... Nancy, this isn't you. Barb, why don't you just go home? We're just gonna study. Nancy! Nancy! Barb comes kind of British. Yeah. Nancy! Nancy! Yeah, so anyway, um, I'm just proud of myself for not making that joke until now. Barb's car is gone now. So after the the people, like, did, did the whole Will thing, they're like, I don't even know how they figured out about Barb. Like... What a great point. How did they figure it out about Barb? I don't know. Like, in the night, were they, like, in the police station figuring out, like, seeing someone's statement or something? And then, like, Nancy's, obviously. Because it was there, like, the day before when Nancy went to go see it, to go to Steve's house. And now it's not there. So the government must have figured it out. I don't know. But how? Like, it's not like they saw her in the Upside Down. Yeah. Oh, I never never thought about that She, like, dies immediately, so... So we were, we were talking last night when we were watching about Powell and Callahan and how they're, like, kind of condescending, but they also... Oh, you mean when they're interrogating Nancy? Yeah. yeah. So, like, Sam brought this up last episode where she was saying that, like, they treat her kind of gross and everything because she's a teenage girl and she's, like, doing stuff or yeah. whatever. I did find some of it condescending, but now, like, it's interesting to me that it's clear that... Powell and Callahan know when to be professional because we've seen them be kind of goofy. Yeah, they've they've been more goofy than they have actually professional. Yeah, but when you see them in this episode, you can tell that they're being serious. Yeah, my thing is, like, there's really no winning in a scene like that where you're talking to a teenage girl about, like, whether or not, like, Mm -hmm. she had sex um, because it's relevant to the case. So it's like, there's really no good way to have that conversation Mm -hmm. especially because like of course there's like you know a lot of sex shaming and stuff but at the same time like if you were them you'd be looking at her and going so while you were having sex with your teenage boyfriend your best friend went missing and you didn't report it until right now yeah like if i were one of those cops i would be like sweetie i the choices and I'm not out here trying to, like, advocate for whatever they're doing because they are kind of being weird about it. But, no. But, like, the, the like, c- close-ups that we get on, like, Callahan, who's the person who we've seen crack the most jokes, be the most, like, lax yeah, about everything. Yeah, he was gross about Joyce and Hopper, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the one who was like, did they bang? Or whatever he said, I don't remember. And I was like, yeah, something. they did, shut up. Yeah, shut <laughs> up, what? That's context. Or that's um, subtext, get out of here. But, like, the close-ups on his face, you could tell that he was being, like, professional and serious about it, I thought. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I, I mean, know. given the fact that, like, that police station has seen some weird crap in the last couple days. True. Um, And the fact that, like, listen, as weird as the situation is, friggin' Nancy did lie about her best friend going missing. Yeah, and she does end up lying to the police about sleeping with Steve. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. There are uh, choices were made. I'm, I identify as lawful neutral. Yes, you do. And so lying to the police, even if it kind of implicates you in something, seems really immoral to me. 
But maybe that's just because I'm an I'm a lawful neutral. It definitely is because yeah. I'm like, well, the police don't have to know. I don't have to tell them. And for me, it's like here's every single detail. I don't know what could be important. Well, you never know which cop you can trust, though, either. Yeah. So, so Nancy goes home and she has kind of a tiff with Karen. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I feel like the first few times I watched this, I kind of like didn't really care much about Karen. It's like, why doesn't Karen know anything about her kids? Blah blah blah. But now her rewatching, <laughs> now rewatching, I see Karen trying. Yeah, so hard. Yeah, and, like Nancy is just not interested. And it's like the problem with what Nancy does is that we've never been given an indication that Karen is a neglectful or bad parent. Yeah. She actually seems like she's a great parent. Yeah. So Nancy's teenage rebellion and not telling her things and blah, 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 just kind of seems like you're just kind of being a jerk for no reason, Nance, mm-hmm. which is what teenagers are about. So, but yeah, I think Karen's actually a really good mom. So Nancy takes a look at the creeper pictures that Jonathan took, which, how did she get those? How did she get that picture? Did she take it? I'm pretty sure she, yeah, because when Steve threw them on the ground, yeah. Jonathan was embarrassed, Nancy picked them up and was, like, looking. Was she I'm looking sure at the, oh, wait, or was that Jonathan who did that? Was she looking at the full pictures or the pieces of the pictures? Because there's no freaking way that she picked up six pieces and it was, like, the exact right pieces that it was, like, in one photo. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe she just took them. I don't remember. Maybe she, like, got one of the, one of the pictures, because, because this is not a picture of her. This isn't a creep. I mean, it's a creepy picture, but it's not, like... Hi, I'm Nancy, and my shirt is off. It's yeah, just like it's a, a creepy picture, picture not a creeper picture. Yes. Yeah. Um, great. I'm glad. You know what? That's an important distinction yeah. to make. T- yes, it is. Um, so maybe that one wasn't ripped up, and she just like took that one. Maybe that's possible. <clears throat> Either way, then it does get ripped up. I don't remember the sequence of events. This it, it's been a few weeks since we watched the last episode. Semantics. But she could have taped the picture better. Yeah, we both had that note, which mm-hmm. is um, you suck at taping stuff. My yeah, here's my strategy mm-hmm. for how I would have done that. Yeah. It was I would have flipped all of the pieces upside down and taped the back. Mm-hmm. So then I could hold it up and be like, oh, yes, this is what this picture looks like while complete. But she was in a hurry. My um, my strategy for that mm-hmm. would have been, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't think the fact that she was in a hurry is, a, is an excuse because the stakes are so high that she really needs to see the full picture really well. I love that we're sounding like we're being really critical. No, this we're trolling right now. Oh, we're... We're just, we're, this is, this is a joke. <laughs> just so we're clear. Because we sound like nitpicky assholes. I am a nitpicky asshole. Well, I don't want to sound like a nitpicky asshole. Okay. Okay. I think it was half a troll. I think it started as a joke, but then I was like, then you wait, just, now I need to. Yeah, now you start to take it seriously and I'm yeah. like, hang on. Anyway, here's what my strategy would have been. Uh-huh. Take all the pieces uh-huh. and put them on a hard level surface uh-huh. that's not just your bed that can pick up any freaking lint on the freaking tape or whatever. Okay. And also, okay, yeah, to clarify, we're not being nitpicky of the show. I'm being nitpicky of Nancy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. there we go. And then you can figure out exactly where it's supposed to go and it won't go anywhere because you're on your freaking bed and it's flip-flopping all over the place. Wise. Hmm. I'm with you on this. Great. Yep. So Nancy goes to the funeral parlor, finds Jonathan. Finally, some communication. Obviously, the kids know things. Joyce knows things. Now Jonathan knows things from Joyce. Nancy knows things. And now that Jonathan is here. (laughs) Everyone's got different pieces of this really creepy puzzle. So now that Jonathan has some knowledge from his mom, he can take Joyce's knowledge and Nancy's knowledge and put it together. Unfortunately, the kids are still off yonder only being in their own little bubble. But this is what the Duffer brothers do so well is you can see all of this happening and it doesn't overwhelm you with like, who knows what? Blah, 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 blah. The pieces sort of effortlessly slot themselves together 
in a way that doesn't make you feel stupid for either understanding or not understanding. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because stuff like Westworld, it's like, well, you weren't paying attention to the 0.2 second frame change in episode two of season one. So you don't know what's going on in episode 13 of season two. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I also like appreciated this moment where it's like Nancy is talking about something that is just like what Joyce saw. And if Jonathan got a few more details and he would be able to put two and two together, which he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know if he's going to or not. So it's like fantastic buildup. It's kind of, it's really, I guess I would call it suspenseful, but it's kind of infuriating too. Is you're just like, just ask a couple more questions or just give a couple more details and you guys can finally put this together. And when Jonathan says, what it looks like he didn't have a face and yeah. you're like thank you you know it's even the though the kids kind of suspense. even though the kids are still off in their own bubble yeah there's at least a little bit of communication and like puzzle fitting together yeah like you're happening. starting to like slot those pieces in yeah. yeah and it also proves that the intelligence of Jonathan which is like okay so i may not have this information that another character has but i can extrapolate that based on what i do know mm-hmm. and also shout out to Jonathan i know we dislike him mostly but like a, a big shout out to Jonathan for even though this whole time and for good reason he's been like mom you crazy that's not what's happening here when Nancy says that that's when it's kind of like okay like maybe. I'm willing to believe yeah he's mm-hmm. willing to redefine what his original conclusions were well it helps that and this might even be subconscious but it helps that Nancy is not as emotionally tied to the will thing. Right. So, you know, it when he's talking to his mom about it, it seems like wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. But now that he's got a more objective party, he's sitting here going, well, if it's not wishful thinking because it's Nancy, yeah. then maybe there's something here. Right. Because in no way would Nancy, like, if Nancy had her way and Barb was missing, Nancy would probably be like, even though it's not in Barb's character at all, Nancy would be like, yeah, you're right. Maybe she did run away. I don't know why, but you know, that would be the ideal. But Nancy being like, I think a monster stole her. Is not really something? Well, all right. Mm -hmm. That's the second time I've heard about monsters today. We thought it was funny that while Nancy and Jonathan were in the, um, the like photo, photo studio, black, red, black room, red room, blue room. What's it called? Green room. (laughs) It's not bad. What's it called? Are you okay? No, I want to know what it's called. The red light room? Yeah, what's that called? It's like color room. Red room? Oh my god, here's the thing. I'm like, yeah, it's called the red room, but that's not right. It's called the freaking dark room. Hey, we might be stupid. Okay, but- It's okay. called the dark okay, room. No, but hang on. In our defense, mm-hmm. we're millennials, mm. and we've never been anywhere near one of those. <laughs> I've never been in one. I know my sister has, but that's just because she went to photography school. Yeah, see, see, we're regular ladies. Yeah. Who only use our iPhones to take pictures. Green room is a thing, though. Green room is for er, for celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Talent. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been in a green room before. Wow, aren't you super it's, cool? It's in, like, a... Oh, wait, stage, so why? The stage place, like... Yeah, it's, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, if you're performing, mm-hmm. then there's a green room. Yeah. Cool. Usually it has snacks in it. Anyway, we thought it was weird that while they were in the dark room and it was kind of like, I think what it was supposed to be was like the ding of like a kitchen timer. <laughs> like yeah. like that sort of ding where it was like, hey, a timer has finished. <clears throat> yeah. But it sure was an elevator ding. It sure was. Like to the to the sound mixer of this episode, may I offer you an a kitchen timer ding? May I offer you a, what else? Um, they were like, it was the only one available in rights-free sound at the yeah. time. <laughs> 
Can I offer you any type of ding that isn't very clearly a, a, an elevator ding? Uh, my next note is, Jonathan, you're being weird and it's awkward. That's just Jonathan's entire mm. character. I, I thought it was funny where she, because he was like, oh, like, everybody, when you take their picture, it, like, says something or, like, the freaking, like, he's just going too deep in with it. And Nancy goes, what was I saying when you took my picture? And I was like, I don't know. If Jonathan took my picture without my consent, I would probably be saying, please don't take my picture. Yeah. Mm, I was going to say, know. what does it say? It says, I did not consent to this. <laughs> um, and so they brighten up the photo and everything. And um, it, it's the Demogorgon, uh, but it sure does look like Groot. It, sh- it sure does. It kind of has like... <laughs> The thing that would, like, creep me out. You kind of look at it and you're like, is that just a naked man? Like, at first you're like, is that just, is that Dean Cain? Like, turns out that there's somebody even creepier than Jonathan out here. Turns out that Tarzan came to hang? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Cool dreads, bro. (laughs) So before we move on from that storyline, let's go back up and talk a little bit about Steve. Okay. Okay. Um, You had some thoughts on Steve. I have a few, yeah. Um... It's hard to excuse his behavior in this episode. There's not a lot of um, uh, content for good guy Steve alert. Yeah, in this I mean, episode. Steve is an ever-evolving character. Yeah. When he does crappy stuff, that's okay. Let him do crappy stuff. Yeah, humans are complicated. I do have thoughts on it, though. Um, so basically what happens is that Steve is like, oh no, now that the police are involved... I'm going to get in trouble because I had a party while my parents were at home and also we were drinking there and we're like 16 years old. And it's like, a human being is missing you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So then Nancy's like, hey, um, also that was my best friend. And Steve, I, you know, if it was good guy Steve alert, then Steve would have been like, oh my God, you're so right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. That's like, I have priorities. Whoops. But the interesting thing is that I think that Steve now would still have that first thought. Yeah. Which is, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. And then would have to be reminded Oh, right. Because, like, he's evolving as a person. Yeah. And I, um, one thing that I did want to point out about that, that I think I've pointed out before, is that Steve says, and I quote, that his dad is a grade A asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've kind of talked about how Steve talks about his parents, like, um, how he said his mom doesn't trust his dad and, and all these sort of things. It's clear that his family, what? Is Steve Veronica Lodge? Steve is Veronica Lodge. Um, (laughs) But um, it's also clear that his family has, like, some money. It's a really nice house. They've got a pool. He's Veronica Lodge. He's Veronica Lodge! Um, But his family life isn't great. We've never seen them. I think that in season three we are going to see some of it, which I'm very excited about. He seems very Um, emotionally detached from his parents. But him being worried about the police finding out about things. And it's like, I don't totally remember because I wasn't paying attention to this Per se, but I wonder if You're he such a was. I know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he was more because I don't remember exactly what he said. But I wonder if he was more worried about the police or if he was more worried about what his dad was going to say. I think he would just be way more worried about his parents. Yeah. To me, when I was watching that scene, because um, I think you were actually puttering around a little bit, like at the beginning of it, because mm. um, we paused. Mm. Um, but. I definitely recall him being far more concerned about his parents than yeah. to the cops. I think he was concerned what, like, his parents would do to him after the cops were done with him. Yeah, and but another thing is, and we haven't been, it hasn't been um, confirmed or anything. We kind of just get the gist that Steve's family life isn't great, mm-hmm. but we, we haven't gotten the confirmation or an illusion even that his family life is just as bad as Billy's. Because Billy's family life is really bad. Yeah, Billy's family life is 
cool motive, still friggin' a creep. Yeah. Yeah. But if Steve's family life is equal to or a little better than Billy's, it's still clear that Steve chose the moral side. Like, like it's clear that maybe Steve and Billy were both sort of in the same space at some point, and one of them went to the side of good, and one of them went to the side of evil. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was, it was that you could, it's literally what you do in the circumstances that you wind up in, yeah. right? So it's like, what path do you take? Do you choose to stay at the same level as your, what, like, the people who put you there, or do you choose to rise above it? Mm-hmm. Steve, obviously, like, chose to rise above it. Billy did not. Right. He chose to, like, really revel in it and, like, just personify everything that his parents, like, also embody. Mm-hmm. I don't know, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, I don't want to do spoilers for season six of Lost, but because it's, like, the very last season and it's kind of a huge spoiler. But basically, there's a character who... Um, it seems like maybe in another life that character would have chosen differently. Like with the same upbringing, there's, there are two different ways that it could have gone for that character. And in, in one life, they kind of chose like the bad way. And in another life, they chose the, the side of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's kind of what it, it reminds me of. Is he handsome or is he bug-eyed? He's handsome. Mm. Mm. But the bug-eyed one works too. Yeah, I was going to say, this applies to a number of yeah. boss characters. <laughs> Um, cool. Do you have any other thoughts on that storyline? I do not. Okay, great. So let's um, move on to the kids. But before then, have you heard of something called Patreon? You know, I haven't. Tell me about it. Sure. So there is a service online. It's called Patreon. And it's a way for you to donate monthly to some of your favorite creators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and did you know that we are uh, have a Patreon? You know, actually, that sounds kind of familiar now that yeah. you say it. Yeah, we have one. Um, and it's really, really nice when people sign up to give us monthly donations. Our smallest one is $1 a month. And that's like hardly anything, but it means the heckin' world to us because we pay for a lot of, a lot of expenses. And even though people are listening to this for free, it is not free to make. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So fun Patreon, uh, like tidbit. Mm -hmm. Um, who's the last person that you pledged to? On Patreon? Yeah. Um, like the last person I signed up to pledge to, or yeah. the last person who I actually last person that you signed up to. Pledge um, to? I signed up to pledge to the Try Guys a few months ago. Nice. So I get um early access to their videos, and um, hey, whoa! You can also get early access to these podcasts. Whoa, whoa, Robin! Did you steal that idea from the Try Guys? Uh, I wasn't gonna say anything about <laughs> it. Yeah, but actually, now it's oops, relevant. Yes, I did. <laughs> Speaking of, we have a new video to watch, and I forgot I haven't watched it yet. Nice. Um, the last one that I pledged to was Defunct Land. Cool. And I only did it because I didn't want any of the perks. Mm. And they're starting at $1 a month, too. Whereas Philip DeFranco starts at 5 mm-hmm. And I still did it, but I was like... Yeah, the boy. Try Guys are, um, $3 a month is where their starts. But I was just like, I just want to give him money to enable him to make more content for me, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I use Patreon. I guess if you think that the content we're putting out is worth it, then... I mean, we would love that. But if you are not able to donate for any reason at all, um, the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Or just tweet us and come talk to us. I'm doing a thumbs up, but you can't see it. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but this is an audio podcast. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's why I mentioned that I am doing it. Mm -hmm. So that everybody can visualize it in their head. Smart. I wonder what I look like. She also had a shitty eating grin on her face. There you go. You look a little constipated. Yeah. Good for you. I wonder what you look like. You know what? I always think that people look way different. 
based on their voices than I do when like I actually see them. What do I look like, Brittany? Talk. Hello. Wait, no, that was not a that wasn't a good <laughs> that wasn't a good example of the way that I that I actually talk. That I was don't know. Stupid. You look, you seem brunette to me. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I was brunette for a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway, blonde. this Patreon plug is going on too long. I, yeah, cut it down a little bit. Um, cool. So now it's time for the kids. Okay, here's my summary. Yeah, kids, 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 kids <laughs> to the tune of Bill Nye. Kids, 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 kids. Sorry. Great. Um, Mike is upset with Eleven for lying and keeps yelling at her. So she channels Will through the walkie-talkie to get him to shut up. <laughs> Everyone stays home from school because sadness, but ultimately they end up at school anyway after transforming Eleven into a tiny blonde Nancy. They're forced to go to the funeral assembly where Troy and James are making fun of everyone's grieving. Literally, who raised them? Mike confronts Troy and pushes him. Troy is about to retaliate when Eleven freezes him and forces him to pee his pants. It's pretty dope. They go to the big radio for the AV club and Eleven channels Will some more. So much that the equipment breaks and they have to run away. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the very beginning of this episode is... Karen and Ted, or sorry, of the storyline, is Karen and Ted being like, oh, like, should we go talk to him? And Karen says, no, let's, like, give him time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we like to make fun of Ted because he doesn't know what's going on at any point and is a terrible husband. Um, And so, yeah, I would just like to make the theory slash Mm headcanon that um, Ted didn't even know Will was missing. Oh, my God. He's like, why? Why is everyone upset? And then she's like, wait, you didn't hear about Barb? <laughs> he was like, listen, I was there, but I don't remember. Like, I was present, but uh, yeah. not really. Yeah, no. I can't really say I do mm-hmm. much here. Eleven channels Will because Mike is fully just calling her out for no reason. He, I, I understand yeah. where Mike is coming from because the frustration and the fear of having your friend be missing. Yeah. It, I can't even imagine it. Well, it's completely just lost hope. Like, he was yeah. given hope, and then it was completely crushed. And it was, like, taken away, and he feels really misled, but I find that a lot of what Eleven does, and this is, I think, um, an abuse response, is to stop the yelling, she does as she's told. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is something that she learned from her father, and now, like, you know, someone that she trusts, and now it's someone that she trusts again, yelling, and she's like, I know how to stop this. Mm-hmm. I will do what he wants me to do. Right. I will use my powers and harm myself. Mm-hmm. So... But of course, Mike doesn't intend that. He's just like really scared. I just think it's more of an interesting look into Eleven's psyche and how she responds to those things. Right. I actually had thought about thoughts about this later down here. Um, she does so much damage to herself to help them, and I thought must be nice to use your powers for good. Oh, like I feel like yeah. she's always just been. They've always just been like do bad things, do bad things. Yeah, like, like for example, kill, kill creatures. You know, hurt people. Mm-hmm. For example, the flashback that we have um, is that she, he's like, "Will you find and listen to?" This? this guy mm-hmm. which is what she's doing with will and it's like she trained for this for like yeah. finding will it's like kind of fate i think um but she doesn't want to hurt the dude like that's the whole point is that she does not want to hurt him she's like basically says like do you want me to hurt him and he goes no you just have to find him and she's like cool we'll do that you know it's like she'll do anything as long as it doesn't have to be evil you know what i mean yeah and it's like her first time being able to make a positive change with her powers that's so soft yeah. i love that um last episode i was talking about how i thought it was so realistic that moment where he's like softly talking to Eleven and then his mom calls him and then he just screams, coming up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we had another really in, uh, incredible Kid example yeah. of this when he calls Lucas on the walkie talkie. <laughs> yes. And he's like, Lucas, please answer. Lucas won't answer. And he's just like, I know you're there. And then he's like, Lucas, 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 <laughs> Lucas, 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 Lucas. And, the, and it works. I mean, but, but it was just very accurate to how old he is, I think. I, the writer's 
have a great handle on how kids talk. Yeah. I mean, like, how, or how they used to talk. Now there's just, like, so many memes that I don't get because I'm old. Yeah. Like, kids are talking about Fortnite, and I'm like, what the hell is Fortnite? I'm a 29-year-old lady. I don't know what that is. I want you to know that when I got my iPad, I downloaded Fortnite. Uh-huh. Um, and I played it once, and uh-huh. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I got eights, and so then I deleted Fortnite because I was like, it only goes downhill from here. Probably, yeah. 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 Wait, so it's a competition? Yeah. I. Uh, you really don't know? What's interesting is that when I said I don't know what Fortnite is, I meant it. Well, I thought you meant like you didn't know like the details of Fortnite. You no, I not- literally don't know what Fortnite is. It's basically the Hunger Games. That that doesn't help me in any way. They are there children hundred... killing each other? Yeah. Oh, ew. Why are kids allowed to play that? It's a battle royale that you- Oh, ba- oh okay. Yeah, they, they put a hundred players in the battle, and then it's just like Hunger Games. Like, literally, the circle just keeps getting smaller, and if you stay- if you're outside of the circle while well, it's getting smaller, then you die. And it's just like whoever's last. So maybe you won because you were playing against a bunch of four-year-olds. Four-year-olds, huh? Yeah. No, I was playing a bunch, a lot of tweens that knew what to do more than I did. Oh, you just won by happenstance? Okay, no, I only got eights. Eight is eight out of a hundred. No, I know, but like I was just hiding the whole time. Oh yeah, I was just pulling a the Peter Malark, the Peter Malark, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Fortnite. But that's another reason why I literally can't look at people dabbing. I wish I thought dabbing was funny. I think dabbing's funny in an ironic way. But I have worked with so many 11-year-olds. Like, my acting job that I would do every year included uh, hanging out with, with yeah. hanging out with like, 11-year-olds specifically. That I And I've seen so many 11-year-olds dab and have all the other 11-year-olds go... Oh, and think it's so cool that every time I see someone dab, I'm just reminded of an obnoxious 11-year-old and I want to die. Okay, but prove me wrong, Dustin would absolutely dab. That would make me so sad. And he would play Fortnite. Don't ruin Dustin. (laughs) God, I want to die. No, but I mean in fun ways, not in obnoxious ways. He would just be like, hey guys, check out what I learned. And then he would dab. I don't even want to think about that. All right, Just knowing that Gaten Matarazzo has dabbed makes me upset now oh my god yeah so has trixie mattel and that's like a 29 year old man in a dress sometimes sometimes yeah sometimes it's just an egg sometimes in a in a cat suit stupid (laughs) i didn't think that was where that was going i was like what you mean when like she's out of drag i don't know um oh hey speaking of drag oh yeah okay i have an issue here Mm. why did they put 11 in a dress because mike had to be like Pretty good. Pretty good. I said you look shitty. <laughs> you look really pretty. What'd you say? I said you look shitty. Good night, Denise. <laughs> good night, Denise. <laughs> but legitness. Um, <laughs> that was legitness. I'm done with you tonight. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired that I'm like hyper. Like, if it were me, and I was like, okay, so you have a shaved head, and I have a closet full of clothes that will probably fit you, why don't we just make you look like a boy? But instead, they were like, we must make her look like soft girl. I'm of two minds here. One, I kind of get why 11-year-old boys would be like, oh, yeah, she's a girl. We gotta make her look like a girl. Mm. But why the writers, why would the writers do that? It's a pretty nice wig for what they'd been using it for. Yeah, where do you find a lace front wig in a basement? I just wanted to give a shout out to Mike, I repeat things twice, Wheeler. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that about him? No. You will now. Okay. Thanks a lot for ruining that. You're welcome. He does it a lot. Like what? Here, I'll show you actually. I think, I'm pretty sure I, um, there was a gift set that someone made. Tagged Mike Wheeler. There it is. See, it's funny because they made this whole gift set and then they did that like one gift set or that gif of Josh Peck going, I repeat things for emphasis. Yeah. Emphasis. 
Okay, so here's all the times that Mike says, I believe in season one. Let him go. Let him go. Will is alive. Will is alive. We're too late. We're too late. Bad men. Bad men. Just hold on. Hold on. We need to go right now. Right now. Protect her. Protecting her. Protecting her. The spy. The spy. Just keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um. Never going to be able to unknow or unhear this. Yeah. Thanks so much. And now that people have pointed it out, they can't change it. What do you mean? Like, um... It's like maybe it just happened by accident on season one, mm-hmm. but now like when it when it was in season two, then it was like gotta keep doing it. It was on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they make eleven Mike's cousin. Like when they lie to Mister Clark, they make eleven Mike's cousin. It would make way more sense if they had said it was Will's cousin, because why is Mike's cousin coming to Will's funeral? Oh, uh, what a great point. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And also. If Mr. Clark still thinks that Eleven is Mike's cousin, and now Mike is like, this is my girlfriend Jane, he's gonna be like, my, well, I thought her name was also, Eleanor. how did he fall for any of those lies? Yeah, I don't know. Those kids cannot lie. They're so, like, bless their hearts, but they're <laughs> so bad at lying. Dustin saying abort when they walk into the... I'm like, why are you walking in like a freaking elephant anyway? <laughs> Smash! <laughs> they just bang the doors open and it's like, well, what did you expect? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I actually really liked about this scene, like, obviously there's not a lot because Troy and James are, like, literally the worst people in the entire world. Oh, yeah, 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 If yeah, those yeah. kids were doing that, like, when I was in school, there would be a teen- a teenager, a teacher walking up and smacking them, not smacking them, but, like- They, they would be suspended, They for would sure. be in big freaking trouble. Oh, yeah. But one thing that I did like about it is that there are other kids, like, other background characters, um, in the background staring at Troy being a jerk. Like, oh, okay. I, I noticed, I noticed some, like, kids who were, you know, blurred out in the background kind of just being like... So they're not, like, normalizing that yeah, behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, yeah. The use of the word fairy. I'm tired. I mean, I've already gone on this rant, so, like, if you want to hear it, go back and listen to, I think, the first episode. Um, but basically, the show really irresponsibly, like, slanders gay people without giving us any representation that is positive, and that's irresponsible. Mm. So. Cool. Cool. Eleven knew that peeing your pants is embarrassing. I feel like that's just kind of a given. Yeah. 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 Great. Okay. They say grief manifests itself in funny ways, but it, it's not um, making fun of everybody else who's sad. That's just a jerk move. Yeah. Grief manifests. I mean, maybe you're just a bad person. Sounds you like know? it. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you're just a bad person. I realized that they've, they used the word grief. I mean, obviously Will died. So like, yeah, the word grief, but like they also used it significantly earlier in the episode when um hopper was talking about like in dreams and stuff seeing and like hearing Mm -hmm. sarah and stuff and joyce says you're talking about grief that's not what this is i I mean stranger things is a really interesting exploration of how grief manifests itself Mm -hmm. like in in joyce it's denial yeah in hopper it's complete depression Mm -hmm. um in mike it's god i don't even mostly anger i think yeah for him um, Lucas is very much detached mm-hmm. and Dustin is just sort of lost in the middle. I think Dustin is probably the most in touch with like what grief is in yeah. terms of like how he reacts to it in ways that we understand. Well, I mean, yeah, he, we know that he doesn't have a father figure at home. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe he's familiar with, like, we don't know what happened to his dad, but he might be familiar with um, yeah. those feelings and, and his mom seems to love him a lot, and if he was having a lot of troubles, maybe she sent him to therapy. Yeah. Who and knows? I mean, with someone like Eleven, she's known nothing but grief her entire life. Yeah. You know, like, she's always constantly mourning, like, even if she doesn't know it, like, the childhood that she never got, or yeah. the things that she's been forced to do, like, she's just been tortured her entire life, so for Eleven, grief is just, like, a companion. Mm-hmm. What? I'm just remembering I like beef. <laughs> 
I like me. <laughs> um, Where did the word smell go? I don't know. I smell like me. <laughs> Where it belongs in the friggin' trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, now it's just, oh, so you're from Alberta, huh? Yeah. I like beef. I like I we I love Alberta beef. I love Alberta beef. No, but isn't it always <laughs> the bumper stickers? Yeah, I heart Alberta. sheep of Alberta cow. cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a joke for only us. <laughs> this joke is for Albertans only. Everyone else, do not interact. <laughs> um, the last thing I had about this storyline was that um, that equipment mo- would have been really expensive. It's because it's yeah. it's large and it's also the eighties. Yeah, it's and new. I feel bad for Mister Clark. Because he probably had to use, he probably got to use school funds for it. And I don't know if the school would have insurance for this type of thing. It's just, I just feel bad for him. I don't remember, because I haven't watched in a while. I don't remember what, if there are any consequences slash we see. I I know Mr. Clark is in next episode because it's the acrobat and the flea or the flea and the acrobat, acrobat, which is what Mr. Clark explains to them as like the alternate universes or whatever. I wonder if... Mr. Clark brings it up or something. I don't remember. The thing that I took away from that scene is that we once again see Eleven's nose bleeding when she's using her her powers, mm-hmm. which is very much um, a super powered girl thing to do. Yeah. Um, they did it on the X-Files too. I wonder like scientifically what's happening in her brain to cause a bleed from her brain to go out her nose. Right. You know, like- And ears sometimes. Yeah. Like if, if those sorts of things are happening, like- Is Eleven okay? Yeah. Because she keeps training up, but it seems like- even, like, as she trains, especially in season two, she's still, like, doing damage to herself. Mm-hmm. So, like, what limitations do their powers have? Right. I think we might, like, see it, too. Thank you. Because we know the same thing happens to Callie, her sister. Yeah. Number eight, I think, is, yeah, eight, is her yeah. number. Um, at the very beginning of season two, she, like, does the thing where she goes in slow motion. So, yeah. Hmm. And it's, like, you like you think you'd be, like, maybe I should see a doctor. Yeah. I don't know. She's, like, well, um, I have not had great experiences with doctors. Good point. Good point. That's such a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, the sci-fi rule probably just tries to tell us like, oh, well, they have like one thing right here. And then when they use their powers, it come bleeds. Yeah. Instead of thinking that, that there might be actually something really wrong with their brain. Yeah. Eh. Eh. It's, it's, su- it's such a sci-fi trope. I love it though. So that's that storyline. Cool. All right. So this is my summary for the adult storyline. It's kind of long because there are, like, kind of three different pieces to it, but we're just going to talk it all, sure. all about the whole thing. Okay. Joyce is still insistent that Will is alive. She and Jonathan go to the morgue, but Joyce knows it isn't him. They have a yelling match in the street, Jonathan leaving to go and plan the funeral. Joyce trying to figure out what's going on. She plays Will's song and he shows up in the walls. She breaks the wall with an axe to try to get to him, but it's turned back into a regular wall. Whoa! Lonnie shows up for the insurance money because frick that guy. Meanwhile, Brenner is sending people into the creepy portal to get more information and the dude fully gets eaten or something because he's dead for a real one. Mm-hmm. Also, meanwhile, Hopper finds out that they had a new coroner for Will's body, which makes him suspicious. He goes undercover to chat with the guy who found the body in a bar. Who found- Okay, so he found yeah, the body? He, yeah. yeah. He, he goes the body. undercover in a bar. To, fi- to the guy who found the body uh, and learns that the body isn't real. He breaks into the morgue and finds that the body is fully stuffed. Looks pretty real, though. Mattel is quaking. <laughs> Mattel is quaking? <laughs> Fantastic. One of the things that you brought up a bunch of times um, during this episode was how great Winona is. Oh, she's so good. She is grieving and she's in denial at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's absolutely fantastic because, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of sadness there, 
especially in those, like, I think that little beginning right up until she figures out that that's not Will, Mm -hmm. where she's sort of torn and vacillating between just heartbreak and I, like, this isn't real. And then once she has that confirmation, she switches to sort of very angry determination to prove it wrong. She's like, who would dare do this to my kid? I just think Winona's so good. Jonathan mentions multiple times he's always like mom do you hear yourself and it's like yeah she does yeah she knows that she sounds crazy but this is what she believes is true and that's also why um i think that winona is so extraordinary is because when sort of joyce is going through this whole i feel crazy thing she starts off going like you know i can hear him and feeling like a little bit crazy but it's softer and then as things get more out of out of like more out of control and more people start to tell her you're delusional the angrier she gets because she knows that she's not she feels crazy no she's not crazy and everyone else is saying she's crazy Mm -hmm. i just it's so good yeah um i remembered what we usually do in between the storyline and that's um talk about some fun facts that i saw on like the stranger things wiki and imdb i'm gonna do that real quick um there isn't a lot on the stranger things wiki for this one it just says that the episode's title is a nod to stephen king's short story the body which was also the basis for the film stand by me which is another film that has heavily inspired the duffers um way to go brick i okay i i never would have thought that the phrase the body would be inspired by anything but what they find. yeah i didn't even look for that Oh my god. When the boys are disguising Elle to bring her to the school, they dress her up like Carrie White from Carrie. Like Carrie, Elle also has telekinetic powers. Oh, I didn't know she was dressed as Carrie White. That's cool. The title is reference to the body, and later in the series, the boys follow their compasses along train tracks. I guess Yeah, that was a big stand-by me moment. Uh, A guard can be seen seen reading Stephen King's book Cujo, who also wrote the body. (laughs) The way- The way Hopper walks up and he's like, that dog, man. And I'm like, oh my god, wow, trying to make conversation about Cujo, huh? (laughs) Oh, this one I was going to bring up. Executive producer Sean Levy plays the coroner in a scene briefly when Joyce bursts out of the morgue, refusing to believe the body is her son. Oh, you caught that by yourself, though. Yeah, I did. I I never noticed that before. But it's, you know, what's funny is that after watching Behind Stranger Things, which is like the Netflix, like, bonus features series. Yeah, it's a companion series. He's on there a lot. And I also knew that he likes to do cameos because I recently watched Night at the Museum 2 and he, I think he directs Night at the Museum 2 and he has a cameo in it. So I kind of knew, I kind of knew he was going to be somewhere. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, that's Sean Levy. Um, oh yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about what the significance of the guy who goes into the portal, his name is Shepard. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask like, what do you think is the significance of that? You know, Shepard, sheep, Shepard is like leader or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I guess it's a reference to something already. Um, there's a scene where a young government agent called Shepard tears his way through a living portal in an otherwise, in an otherwise solid wall to enter a shadow dimension. Alex Shepard, the protagonist of Silent Hill Homecoming, is a young soldier who frequently cuts or tears his way through living portals and otherwise solid walls to make his way through a shadow dimension. Oh, okay. Okay. The croquet mallets are shown in the Wheeler's Garage. This is a reference to Stephen King's novel The Shining, as a character in that novel uses a croquet mallet as a weapon. Detail. So much detail. I mean, I don't know who the heck figured this out. Could I just say, the people who put together wikias are heroes. Yeah, so true. Yeah. I I help with the Lostpedia wiki sometimes. I've been using Memory Alpha a lot, which is the Star Trek wiki. I don't think I'll ever get to the end of that. Yeah. That wiki. Oh, it's, fully. It's chock full. I've spent so much time on Lostpedia yep. and I'll never get to the end. Um, Will's fake body was made with a cast of Noah Schnapp's head and a full body cast of a very petite woman. Why? Due to the fact that the SFX makeup artists don't like to do full body molds on children. That makes sense. 
Imagine trying to get a kid to sit still for that long. Yeah. Going back into the actual thing. Mm. Um, Hopper says that he saw and heard Sarah too, which we kind of mentioned yeah. earlier. Joyce keeps calling him Hop and Hopper. Did Joyce call him Hopper slash Hop in high school too? Probably. You think? Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. when they were dating. Ah. Hmm. Wholesome. So we were wondering, and we, we ended up figuring out why, but we were trying to figure out what made Hopper start to believe Joyce. Not necessarily believe Joyce, but start to think that Will's body was fake as well. Um, you were hoping it was like how much Joyce believed it, but it turned out just be because they changed the coroner and he was like, that's suspicious. But I like that that's completely in line with Hopper's character, which is I need proof in order to believe something. Right. Hop sleeps outside their house because he knows that Joyce is scared. Freaking wholesome. When they go to the morgue, Joyce is like, he has a birthmark. Mark, you have to show me the birthmark. How did they mess it up that badly? I mean, because they used a cast of some lady's body instead of Will's. Oh, ha 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 ha. I don't know. I mean, it's just one birthmark. Like, I assume it's pretty small. That's how they must have missed it, I guess. I guess it's like, that really goes to show you, like, for the scientists, Mm -hmm. um, they don't take those kind of things into account. Mm -hmm. They're just like, well, you know, she'll be far away. Let's put the bare minimum into it so that we can go home and watch TV. I mean, they probably don't think that, how are they to know that Will is like contacting her too? Like they might yeah. just be like, she's a mother in grief. She's not even going to want to look at him. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. They severely underestimate the bonds that humans have with each other. And I'm like, you're human too, stupid. <laughs> Joyce had anxiety in the past and Hop knows that. Man. He would know. Talk about how jealous I am that her anxiety is in the past. Yeah. (laughs) Mine is always in the present. Jonathan says she's tough and Hopper says, yeah, she is. Mm. This is some major Jopper vibes for sure. The Jopper is real. Yeah. There are a whole bunch of people like rubbernecking during their fight, but like- it's in the middle of the street, so, like, what do you expect? And this is a small town. Like, that's gonna get all over everywhere real yeah, quick. Yeah, Jonathan was, like, show's over, and I'm like, you started the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said moms are great. Moms are great. And I stand by that, because Joyce's just sheer determination, like, no one in the world can do what a mom can do. Mm-hmm. She literally willed, <laughs> she willed, willed him back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenner calls this random dude, who is Shepard, he calls him son. Because he's got to be a garbage father figure to everyone. Ooh, ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I think that the guy is like, everything's covered in blood or something. Why is everything covered in blood? Has it been bringing, like, stuff inside and then just, like, having things? Like, I don't think the actual thing bleeds, you know? Like, where does the where did the blood come from? Probably when it grabbed him. When it grabbed him? I'm pretty sure this is before he gets grabbed. Like, like he, like he, it's the guy on the radio saying, this there's place blo- is creepy, there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, where's the blood come from? Like, uh, the only way I can think of it is that it, like... I think they see a deer later, like Nancy and Jonathan do, and it's yeah. like drags like deer and stuff. It must into have been there. snacking on something. I guess. I was like, it was that or like it was like half done eating Barb. I don't know. Yeah, because like Barb died not there, so I don't know. It's like it's literally it's probably that it ate an animal or it was wounded, but yeah. if it was wounded, we would have known about it. Um Hopper gets to go undercover because he loves improv. Yeah, and he's really he's just so good at it. Yeah, it's you true. know? Mm-hmm. Wow. His his skills really jump out. He really just, like, throws away protocol, too. Yeah. Like, originally it was like, yeah, I'm just undercover. I don't even have to ask anybody to do this because I'm the sheriff. But then it's like, time to literally punch people. <laughs> that was so funny, though. Yeah. He was just like, um, I don't have a good excuse for this. And then he just panics and punches him. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, did the song really summon Will? 
Or was he just around? Well, what, what, okay, so what do you think Will was doing? I think he's probably just hiding. And then, yeah. like, when he hears that song, like, he was singing it when, like, at the beginning of the episode when Eleven was, like, channeling him. So when Joyce plays it, he's probably just like, my mom's trying to talk to me. I mean, he has to take the opportunity to talk to his mom whenever he can. My question is, like, why isn't Will constantly trying to talk to her? Is it just that he's hiding and he, he can't? Well, yeah, every time he goes to talk to her, then the Demogorgon is like, yoink, I knew you'd be here, girl. So you'd think that hearing music would be like, oh, okay, I want to go, but the Demogorgon's probably going to be there too. Yeah. I guess it's always worth taking the risk, though. Yeah. So that she just doesn't doesn't just give up on him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Plus, it's like, you need that comfort. Like, it's your mom. Mm-hmm. The parallel between Joyce breaking the wall and Elle breaking the radio, they're both for Will. Oh, That's sweet. That's so wholesome. Um, I literally love the moment where they're like, oh, hey, Hopper, like, why are you here? And he's like, you know what's so funny? <laughs> I, I forgot, forgot my hat. hat. <laughs> Can you believe it? And she's like, oh, okay, well, go on. And he's like, thanks, I'll be right back. That's what I loved about it, though. She's just like, haha, oh, that hop. And I'm like, you really believe that his hat is that important? You could just get it tomorrow morning. Why didn't you question this? Yeah. So I love that. Hopper was totally just trying to bluff. Like, he's talking to this guy and he's like, oh, O'Bannon called me. And he's like, I don't- <laughs> He's like, whomst? I, I don't work for O'Bannon. And he's like, mm, whoops. Well, I was hoping this was going to work, um, but uh, I didn't. So. Where did he pull O'Bannon from? That's the guy who he talked to in the bar. I pay attention to things. I don't know if you do. I can't keep track of memes. Okay. Yeah, and Will is just fully stuffed. What, what really, like, messes me up about this, and you can see it on his face, is it's like, he's pretty sure he's right. But it's like, if I'm wrong, I am stabbing, I am desecrating a dead body, a dead body of this kid that I literally know who, yeah, it's just like, oof. Yep. If it had actually been. And you can see it on his face. He knows what the stakes are. It's such a dicey decision. I don't know why he would cut right into his stomach then, like cut into his arm or something or... I guess, yeah, yeah um, probably because, but that's usually where the Y incision goes. So it kind of makes sense that he would do it along where a Y incision would go. Right. Because then people, I maybe wouldn't question it as much. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking that like where people like do surgery and stuff where so people can't notice. Like I, if he could like pull up his arm and maybe go like armpit wise or something, you know, like somewhere a little less obvious not obvious but um a little less just like out there in the open yeah you made a taxidermy joke yeah i thought want to make it again? i literally think i'm so funny and you were like i don't get it and i'm like all hopper's cutting open this stuffed dummy of a kid and i'm like that's so awkward that he just ruined someone's like taxidermy and you did not think that was funny it would have been funny if we had been like is it will's body or not but we knew it wasn't will's body so so I got confused because taxidermy would have had to be like the actual body and I knew that it wasn't. So I was confused. Listen, I'm sorry that I'm funny and you're not. I'm pretty funny. Yeah, you're pretty funny. Thanks. You're um, ew, Lonnie is back. Gross. Ugh, why do we even need Lonnie? Listen, actually, I do love the character of Lonnie, though, just because, like, there's a shameless part of me that just loves the sort of implied love triangle mm. where it's like... The, the bad ex-husband who's useless versus the handsome sheriff. Mm -hmm. Or not, yeah, so. Yeah, but we, we know that Lonnie is literally just here being like, oh, my son died. Okay, great. And then just shows up and is just like, so who are we suing? Yeah. You He's suck, like, Lonnie. So Lonnie, and I'm like, your kid is dead. He doesn't care. No, he, he literally doesn't. doesn't care. That's messed up. That's my dad. <sighs> Good for us. Do you have any last thoughts about this episode? No. 
Now it's time for segments. Cool. So my segment is uh, Good Guy Steve Alert. Mm. Um, there wasn't a lot of content for Good Guy Steve Alert. I'm sorry. But um, the only thing that I can really think of is Good Guy Steve Alert. Just doesn't want his dad to be terrible. Okay. Sure. I, I, yeah. He just doesn't want his dad to get mad at him, which I can, which I get. Mm. I, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Mm. Yeah. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Mike for... I'm not going to stop until you answer. Lucas. Lucas. Lucas, 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 Lucas,